Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good day? All right, that didn't sound too reassuring. How many of you having a great day? Say amen. amen. Good. How many of you want to start it over? Say amen. All right, a few of you. Well, I'm glad you're here. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter number 11 this morning. Hebrews chapter number 11. And I want to thank you for your prayers last week. I preached at a church uh, about 45 minutes from here, Bono Baptist Church, and I'm praying to uh, see how Lord will allow us to help them. They are in a lot of need, and uh, we'll meet again with them this week to see how we can better be a blessing to them. And so you'll be praying about that if you would, please. And uh, if there is anyone in this room that uh, would like an opportunity to, to uh, fill the pulpit there or preach, uh, if you'd see me and let me know that we uh to try our best to help them in that area and um, until the Lord opens up an opportunity for a full-time pastor there. But uh, we'll give you some more information about that in weeks to come. Hebrews chapter number 11, and we're going to be in verse number 30 today. We've been in Hebrews for several weeks now, and uh, I want to uh, thank Pastor Chris for preaching last week and filling the pulpit, and I appreciate uh, all of our staff and their hard work here. But uh, we're going to talk about a lady today by the name of Rahab. How many of you have ever heard of this lady in the Bible named Rahab? What do you know about Rahab? She's a harlot. Is that what you said? Huh? Anybody know anything good about Rahab? Is that all we know about her? She's a, she's a harlot. She is. The Bible in verse number Uh, 30 of Hebrews tells us this, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. As we're reading through, we read of this lady by the name of Rahab. Her her occupation was that of of a prostitute there in Jericho. What's interesting, though, we find this lady, Rahab, who has a horrible past, who has a reputation. She's a harlot, a prostitute. And we find this lady mentioned in Hebrews chapter number 11. Now, we know Hebrews chapter number 11 is the hall of faith. It's the place where we read of people like Abraham and Jacob, and we read of people like Enoch, and we've, we've, looked, at, we've looked in the last several weeks at men like Abel who, who presented the sacrifice pleasing to the Lord, and his brother Cain killed him for it, but we find where the, the uh, offering that he, cre- he gave to the Lord was a, a blood offering, that of a lamb. And we find also Gideon, Remember the story of Gideon, where Gideon, a mighty man of valor, goes with just a handful of people and has a great victory for Christ or for for the Lord, for the army of God. We read of Jacob, where Jacob was a cheater, and, and then he was changed 
and God used them in a great way. We read of the story of Noah, where Noah found grace and he escaped the flood, the judgment of God. We read of Enoch, where Enoch walked with God. And in each of these stories that we've read of these men that are listed here in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we find where they did wonderful things for God. Yet we come to this passage of Scripture and we find this harlot named Rahab. The Bible says this, she received the spies with peace. Let's go to Joshua. Let's go to Joshua chapter number two. I want you to stay with me today. I'm going to go all different places here in the Bible. And I want you to stay with me as we find what we're looking for here in God's word. Let's look at this lady by the name of Rahab. The Bible tells us this story of Moses is taking the children of Israel out of the Egypt and leads them into the promised land. Yet there's these spies that go into the promised land and they come back. And remember, 10 of the spies said there's no possible way that we can go in and defeat this land. They're giants and we're just but grasshoppers. And there were two spies. There were two of them, Joshua, uh, uh, Caleb. They go in and they say, no, this is God's will for us and we can take this land. But the people believed the 10 spies And because of that, God said, you're going to be punished. And they stayed in the wilderness for 40 years, wandering in the wilderness till everyone that was 20 years and above died in the wilderness. And then those that were below that age, they uh, come in. Joshua sends these spies, these two spies into Jericho, and they find this lady by the name of Rahab. Let's look at uh, verse number three of Joshua chapter 2. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they become to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said unto thus, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out, whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the the roof of the house, so she hid them upon a roof. She hid them with the stalks, the flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way of Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. I want you to see in verse number nine, she says, I know this is of the Lord. I know the Lord is going to give you this land where he's, he's brought fear upon the people here. This land is going to be yours. And what she was saying is not not that we believe that you are going to take it. She is, she is believing that God, that their God is going to give them this land. Her faith was in the Lord. In verse number 10, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites and were on the other side of Jordan, Sihan and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed, And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man. Because of you, 
Look what she says. This is her heart. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. This is, this is Rahab, the, the harlot that is realizing that the God of Israel is the one true God. And she says this, Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a, a true token. And for sake of time, we'll, we'll uh, look at Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. They come in, so the spies are let go. She lets them out by a, a basket, and they leave, and, and they now are coming back to take, a, take a, a walk around the walls of Jericho. They've got Jericho under siege. The walls of Jericho fall down, and look with me in verse number 22 of Joshua chapter 6. But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had, and they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And the Bible then tells us they destroy the city with fire. And verse number 25, And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive, and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she had hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So we find here in Joshua chapter number 2 and Joshua chapter number 6, the story of Rahab. Rahab is brave. Now I want you to put yourself in the place of Rahab. Rahab knew that if she was caught with these men, that they could take her life. Not only would they take her life, they'd take everything that belonged to her. They could kill her father and her mother and her brother and all that, all that she was hoping would be saved by trusting in the God of Israel. The king of Jordan, if they would have found out she was lying and found out that she was holding these men in her home, they would have killed everything that belonged to her because they were afraid of Israel. And so we find that, that this, this harlot Rahab, she's brave. We find, as we read, that she believed God and she trusted that God could save her. Now, this is, this is not a simple thing. She's not from Israel. She has only heard about the God of Israel. She says, we've heard how your God uh, parted the Red Sea and you walked over on dry ground. We heard how you utterly destroyed the Amorites. We've heard of the power of your God. We've heard of the might of your God. And we've heard that your God is the God. And this is what she's saying. And I believe that your God is who you say he is. She trusted their God. She, she trusted in the God of Israel. But you might say this, but look at her profession. Look, look at what this lady, her, her testimony was. Look at what she did for a living. She's a harlot. And it's amazing what God can do when he gets a hold of a person's heart. What's interesting to me with this, with this harlot Rahab, she's got such a sinful past. She's got such a reputation. She's got a life of sin. 
She's got this title that, that follows her along. Yet God was going to save her. Yet God was going to uh, allow her family to be saved because she believed God. This, this harlot sought peace with God. And, and she believed God for deliverance, and she was saved from this destruction that was going to come upon her whole city. Now, if we were to read the story of Joshua with Rahab and Jericho, they came into Jericho and everything was destroyed except the silver and the gold in Jericho. And that would have been Rahab and her family as well, except for the fact they trusted God. But the story with Rahab doesn't end here. This is the interesting part. As I was studying through and reading and preparing for this message and just studying through each of these in the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, the story of Rahab doesn't end here. And for many of us, as we study and we read of the story of Rahab, we find that Rahab then just kind of gets into the Israel. She's accepted, even though she's a, a Gentile, she's not a Jew. She's brought into Israel, and she's allowed to live in Israel. But what happens to, to Rahab? What happened to this, to this harlot? I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter number 1. Matthew chapter number 1. Just like with Enoch, we found that Enoch was writ written in Hebrews chapter 11. We find the story of Enoch in the Old Testament. But then Jude, Jude, we found, gave us a little bit more of what Enoch saw. How many of you remember the story of Enoch that we preached just a couple weeks ago where Enoch saw, he saw the Lord Jesus coming with his 10,000s of his saints and, and uh, delivering judgment upon the earth. He saw into the future, he prophesied, and we don't find that until we find Jude, the book of Jude. This woman by the name of Rahab is also mentioned in Hebrews. We find her story in the book of Joshua. But the book of Matthew also tells us something very interesting about this lady by the name of Rahab. Look with me in verse number one. Uh, chapter number five, I'm, I'm sorry, chapter number one, verse number five, and Salmon beget Boaz and Rahab. Salmon beget Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz beget Obed of Ruth, and Obed beget Jesse, and Jesse beget David. There's something very interesting that I found here in Matthew chapter number one. Do you know what Rahab was? She was saved there when they came into Jericho. But we also find this, and in uh, uh, chapter 1 of Matthew, we find the lineage of Jesus Christ. We find the lineage from Abraham all the way down to verse number 16, and Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus, who is called Christ. Matthew lays out for us the lineage or the heritage from Abraham all the way down to Jesus Christ. And guess who we find right in the middle of that genealogy? We find this one named Rahab. Verse number five. What is so interesting to me is this, that God used Rahab the harlot in the lineage of his son, Jesus Christ. If we were to say, what could God do with a harlot? What could God do with someone with a, a past like this? 
What could God do with a a woman that was not a Jew, but she was simply just someone that allowed the spies and and brought them in and held them safe for a a night and then let them go so they could come back and give a report about Jericho? What could God do? And you know what God did with someone like this? He used her in the lineage of our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, she was more than just a harlot. She was more than just a prostitute there in Jericho. She was a great-great-grandmother of King David. We find that here in the lineage of of Matthew chapter 1. And not only was Rahab listed here, there's something else that I want us to to make mention of here today. In Matthew chapter number 1, there's four names, and there's only four from Abraham down to Jesus. There's, There's the men in this lineage, but there's also four women that are named, and only four women. And all of this, four women are named. I want you to see the first one in verse number three, and Judas beget Ferris and Zerah of Tamar. Now, the spelling might be a little bit different. You say, well, that, that, there's, an, there's an H there if you go to the Old Testament. If you were to look at the lineage of the Old Testament, you would find that these these pair up. The spelling is a little bit different. There's an H added in verse number three for Tamar, but you would find that Judas, Judas, or Judah, the son of Jacob, uh, uh, he uh, he had two boy, uh, three boys. We'll see it in just a moment. But Tamar was his his daughter-in-law, and so we're going to look at the significance of Tamar. The uh, the the third, the second one. I want you to see in verse number five is this woman by the name of Rahab. Verse number five, and Salmon begat Boaz and Rahab, of Rahab. And then Boaz begat Obed of, of Ruth. That's the third lady that's mentioned here. And then the fourth one, her name is not mentioned, but a reference to her, and that's verse number six, and Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat, begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah, and we know her as who? Bathsheba. And so in the lineage of Christ, from Abraham down to, down to, to uh, uh, Christ, from Joseph to, to Christ, we find four women who are mentioned, Rahab being one of them. I want you to go with me to Genesis chapter number 38, if you would, please. Like I said, we're going to be in a several passages of Scripture, and I need to go to these to allow you to see this message here this morning. Genesis chapter number 38. We find this man by the name of Judah in chapter number 38. Judah went down from his brethren, and he, verse number two, and Judah saw there was a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua, and he took her and went in unto her. And she conceived and bare a son and called his name Ur. She conceived again and had another son, and she conceived yet again and had another child. So Judah, now now get this, Judah, he leaves and he goes down into Canaan, and he takes from a wife out of the Canaanites, and that was not supposed to be. He was not supposed to go. The, 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 these, these are not supposed to go and find wives of the Canaanites there in this land. But Judah, he goes down and he finds this beautiful woman and he uh, conceives with her and he has three children. Now, verse number six, and Judah took a a wife of Ur, 
his firstborn, whose name was Tamar, the same lady that you find in the Matthew chapter number one is the same lady that's found here in this verse. Now, Tamar does not have children with Ur. Ur dies. And so in those days, the custom was this. Once the oldest one dies, then she is given to the next in line. Well, the next in line uh, did not want to have children with her, and so God killed him. So this lady goes from married to the older brother, then she's given to the second brother, and God kills both of them, die. And then she is uh, too old. She's given then to the son, but the son is too young. The third child is too young to be married. So Judah says this to her. He says, I want you to go back. I want you to live with your father, and I want you to just uh, wear the clothing of a widow. Don't get remarried. Stay with your father, and when my youngest son is old enough to get married, then I will give you to him to be his wife. And this is, the story goes on, and the youngest gets old enough, and the, old, the youngest uh, is old enough to marry, and guess what happens? She, uh, she isn't given to him. And this is what Tamar does. Tamar finds out that Judah is coming and so Tamar puts, takes off the clothes of a widow. She puts on the dressing. She covers her face, puts on the clothes of a prostitute. And she stays there by the roadside as Judah, her father-in-law, comes around. He goes in unto her and, and lays with her, and she becomes pregnant with his child. And so... He, uh, he gives her a few things and, and uh, uh, comes back and, and can't find this, this prostitute that he lay with. And then three months later, after she is with child, his child, she comes out and he finds out, Judah finds out that the, his, his uh, daughter-in-law that's supposed to be with her father, who's supposed to stay as a, a widowed woman, not to be with another man, he finds out that she is with child and he wants her killed because he thinks that she is, is uh, committed adultery. But she had his cane, and she had his signet, and she says to Judah, she says, Judah, this is yours. You left this with me when you came in unto me, and you didn't give me your third son, and you left me there as a widow, and now I've deceived you. And Judah now, through the birth of, of her children, we see the line of Christ. Secondly is verse number five in Matthew chapter one, we find Rahab. What's Rahab? It's a harlot. And it's through Rahab's line we find the birth of Christ. The third lady that we find in verse number five, we find in Ruth chapter number four. And in Ruth chapter number four, we find this same. She's a widow. She was married to a, to a, a Jew. She was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. When, when there's a famine in the land, remember her husband comes with Naomi and, and they dwell in this land and they marry not of the Jewish women, but they marry of the women of the land and her, their husband dies and Ruth goes back to Israel with Naomi, her mother-in-law. She's not a Jew. She's a Gentile. 
but she finds out that she is part of uh, 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 the lineage. Uh, her husband is uh, family is is from the lineage of Boaz, and so she she goes in unto Boaz. Boaz makes her his wife, and we find thirdly the name Ruth is mentioned in the line of of Jesus Christ. And fourth lady that we find in 2 Samuel chapter number 11, and I won't go there for sake of time, but in 2 Samuel chapter number 11, we find where David is out on his rooftop. He looks out and he sees Bathsheba. Bathsheba is the wife of Uriah. He brings Bathsheba into his house and he commits adultery with Bathsheba. Once he finds out that Bathsheba is pregnant with his child, he tries to hide this. He brings Uriah, her husband, home from war. But Uriah has character and says, I'm not going in unto my wife while all of my other uh, uh, men are at war, and I'm going to stay here. He sleeps outside. David tries to get him drunk and gets him to go in with his wife, and he still, he still wouldn't go in. And David then sends him to the front lines and has him killed. Bathsheba bears this child, and because of the sin, that child dies. But God gives Bathsheba another child. That child's name is Solomon. And Solomon is the, the great king of Israel. And through David and through his son Solomon, we find the genealogy that Jesus Christ is born. These are the only four women that are named in Matthew chapter number one, Rahab being one of them. And I want to give you a few things here that I find about these four women. Number one is this, every one of these four women went through great suffering, great loss. We find Tamar, she lost two husbands. She then was was. was placed at her father's house as a, as a widow and not allowed to go on with her life. And, and her, her father-in-law, Judah, who was supposed to care for her, who she trusted, he, 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 he betrayed her and, and didn't allow her to leave her father's house. And so we find that she went through great loss. She lost a spouse. We find this with Rahab. Rahab lost everything. All of, her, all of her friends. Now, her family was saved, but everything else that Rahab knew, her entire city that she's from, everything she knew was burned and totally destroyed. We find with Ruth, Ruth lost a husband. She had to leave what she knew and come back to a, an unknown place. And she went through a period of time of, of poverty and, and uh, unsure. And she trusted and she ended up marrying the, her, this, this uh, man and in, uh, uh, marrying him. And then through that birth, she has, uh, through the line of Jesus Christ, Bathsheba again commits adultery and has guilt because she had adultery, committed adultery against her husband. And then because of that sinful act, her husband is killed. We find in each of these four women, only four women that are mentioned in Matthew chapter 1, out of all of the generations that are listed, only four of them are listed, and every single one of them dealt with great suffering. But I want you to see something here. God uses suffering people. Now, in the midst of each of their sufferings, you might think, what is this about? Why is this happening? 
What good could come out of this? What good could come out of Tamar losing her husband? What good could come out of Rahab losing her entire city? What good could come out of Ruth losing her husband? What good could come out of Bathsheba in the death of Uriah, in the death of a child? What good could come out of those things? And I want you to see something. The best that could ever come out of those things came out, and that was Jesus Christ. The gospel the lineage of, of Jesus Christ came forth out of these four women who all went through suffering. Now, I know for several weeks I've preached on suffering on Wednesdays and even on Sundays. And you say, why would you preach so much on suffering? Because again, church, I want to prepare our church for suffering. I want to prepare you for suffering. Because even though you're a child of God, even though that you are born again, even though that you might know Christ as your Savior, that does not mean that you will not endure suffering. But I want you to understand something, that God can use suffering for His glory. Sometimes you look at the suffering you're in and think, this is, this is horrible, and I can't believe I'm in this, and I just want out of this, and what have I done wrong, and God, what are you doing? And God, in the midst of that suffering, is going to do something valuable. You've, you've got to trust him. And that's what we find with the story of Rahab. Why is Rahab even listed in Hebrews chapter number 11? She's listed in Hebrews chapter number 11 because she trusted God. She believed in God. She's getting ready to have her house destroyed and her city destroyed and, 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 and everything she knows is going to be changed, yet she still trusted God. I don't think it's a mistake that the only four women that are listed in Matthew chapter number one, every single one of them went through great suffering, yet they were still used of God. Don't allow your suffering to keep you from being used of God, but rather allow your suffering for God to use it for his glory. Number two, I want you to see something here as well that each of these men, women. Each of these women, this is important, especially in, in Old Testament times. This is very important because when the Jews left and came into the promised land, they were not supposed to marry any of the Gentiles. They weren't supposed to marry and, and have mixed families. By that, we mean this, Jews and Gentiles. God told them to go into the promised land, and in many of the cases, they were told to utterly destroy because these nations were nations that were serving other gods. These nations were ones that were serving uh, other gods and sacrificing their children. These are ones that served other gods and had, had uh, gross sexual immorality. And God said, I don't want you to go in because I don't want you to have any other gods before me. I want you to worship me and, and me alone. And I've separated you from among all the other nations so that all the other nations would know that there is a God in heaven, the God of Israel. And they would turn to me. Yet Judah, Judah doesn't marry within what God's parameters are. He goes down to Canaanite and he does exactly what God tells him not to do and he marries a Canaanite woman. I want you to see this as well. And then his sons marry a non-Jew. Rahab, she's not, she's not a Jewish lady. She's a Gentile. 
She's from Jericho. Ruth, she's not, she's not a, a Jewish woman. She's a Gentile. And Bathsheba is married to Uriah the Hittite. And if you did a study of Bathsheba, many believe this, that Bathsheba was not uh, a Jew uh, from Israel, that she was someone from outside that Uriah had married. Bathsheba, not a Jewish woman, but a Gentile. And something I want you to write this down in your heart someplace. All four of them were Gentiles. All four of them were outcasts. All four of them were not supposed to marry Jews, yet God still used them in a great way. You see, sometimes we all feel because of our past, God can't use us. Maybe there's something in your life that you've done and you think, I'm some kind of outcast. Maybe you think you just don't fit. I talked to someone not long ago and they said this, I come to church and everyone I come, every time I come to church, I see all these perfect people. And I told them, I, you, you are blind. Because all I see every time I look out is a bunch of sinners. <laughs> Starting with me. I said to them, oh, if you only knew, if you only knew the struggles. I joke around with Pastor Oscar quite a bit. Pastor Oscar, you know, before he got saved, he was a bad dude. Now you laugh, he was. You ask him his testimony. And what happened? God saved him. He went off to Bible college and, 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 and studied for the ministry and then, and then served the Lord in ministry until he just retired this past year. God used somebody with the past. And so often we can look and see, well, we just don't fit like everyone else and maybe God can't use me like someone else. And I want you to know this, that God wants to use you and that God can use you. And you might not feel all the time that you fit. You might feel like an outcast. You might feel like you don't belong. And I want you to know this. You're exactly where God wants you to be. Would you let God use you? There's something else that I see in this as well. Something that it kind of surprises me. Because the stories that I've told, Tamar and Rahab and Bathsheba, these women all had sinful sexual experiences or encounters. Tamar dresses up like a prostitute and lays with her father-in-law, Judah. Uh, Rahab is, is a harlot. You know, it's, what's interesting, this is just something that, that uh, uh, hit my mind. You ever, you ever read your Bible and just kind of wonder? I was, I was reading my Bible and these, this, this lady by the name of Rahab, the harlot, and then I thought to myself, what were those two spies doing at her house? Hmm. The, the, the woman got herself a pretty bad testimony, but what were those two spies doing there? I don't know. I, I'm just simply saying, God used Tamar and God used Ruth. And then Bathsheba, here's Bathsheba. She commits adultery. She commits adultery with, with David. They all had sinful past. But God forgives them and restores them and uses them. Church, that's where you're supposed to say amen. 
Because so often we hold on to the things of our past. Isn't it so often we keep, isn't it ironic how every time you want to do something for God, Satan reminds you of your past? You can't do that. I, I'm committed. I want to I have a, a strong marriage, and I, I want to serve the Lord, and I, and I want to serve in the church, and, and I, I want God to use me. And that's when Satan says, but didn't you remember this? I want you to remember this. Tamar had a past with her father-in-law, but, 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 but through her children, the lineage of Christ came. I want to remind you that Rahab was called a harlot, but because of her faith in God, because she believed God, God forgave her, and she's written in the, in the hall of faith. I want to remind you that Bathsheba comes over, and Bathsheba lays, willingly lays with David the king, knowing that her husband is off to war. She commits adultery, yet through her line, Solomon is born. And through that lineage, through that heritage, uh, Jesus Christ comes. I just simply want you to know this. All of us have things that we've done in the past. All of us have sin, and God forgives sin, and He restores sinners. Oh, listen to me, if you're here today and you think, I don't know what God can do with me, I'm not sure what God can do. I have this past. You know what God can do? He can forgive you. It's underneath the blood of Jesus Christ. He can restore you, and He can still use you. Don't think because of what you've done that God can't use you. Sometimes, church, if we're not careful, church can be the most judgmental place. If somebody sins and somebody wants to be restored, you know what we ought to let them do? Get right with God. I'm reminded of the story of the prodigal son where the prodigal son goes out and, and he sins and he lives a life of, of just, just uh, worldliness and fleshly lust and fulfilling his fleshly dreams. And he comes to his senses, the Bible says, and comes back home and there his father is waiting for him to forgive him. I know sometimes we don't like this, but I want you to know this. God uses sinful people. God uses people from their past. God, God forgives them and God restores them. Every one of these, these, this Bathsheba and Rahab and Tamar, all have this sinful past, yet God used them. And Rahab is mentioned with all of these other wonderful men of faith. I want you to write this down, number four. All four of them are named in the family of Christ. All four of them are named in the family of Christ. There's not, they're not known for their past. If you come to Hebrews, you find that she's a harlot. If you go to Genesis, you, uh, Joshua, you find that she's a harlot. But you come to Matthew, and you find that she's part of the family of Christ. If you come to, to uh, uh, Tamar, you find that she's a part of the family of Christ. You come to Ruth, you find that she's part of the family of Christ. You see, all no matter what you've done, all can be a part of the family of Christ. And, and once you become part of the family of Christ, you're not known for your sin, but now you're rather you're known as the family of God. You see, don't be so quick to throw someone away. 
And don't be so quick to throw yourself away because of the things that you've done. Because the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus Christ forgives you and makes you clean. You know what it does? It doesn't just keep you with that past. It cleanses you from all unrighteousness. You are set free. You are justified. You know what that means? Just as if you've never sinned. When God sees you in Christ, he doesn't see you and doesn't see your sin. He sees you and he sees Jesus. You're a part of the inheritance of God. You're part of the family of God. You're joint heirs with Christ. Don't be so quick to throw yourself away. Don't be so quick to throw someone else away. Don't be so quick to think that your past is going to disqualify you for God to use you. God can still use you. I know throughout the Bible, I know as a pastor that I'm held to a high standard. I know as our deacons, they're held to a high standard. But I want you to know this, that there's nowhere in the Bible that says that once you've been restored, that God can't use you again. You know, church, this past week, I was at this Bono Baptist church, and it's been so much on my heart all over the greater Toledo area. Churches are closing down. Someone sent me an article in the Blade and that article in the Blade said this, that uh, it, was a, it was an article about all the churches, the property, church properties that are for sale in the greater Toledo area that are closing down. What do you do with a church? I met with this church last week and I met with this group of people and I, I didn't know what to expect. I went in there and I thought to myself, I'm probably going to be with, you know, three, three ladies and I'll preach to them. They'll give me a good lunch and I'll go home. And I went to a place, it was an exciting place. Now, they didn't have a size of a church like this. But I thought to myself, all that God has given us He could use us to start churches. He could use us to revitalize churches. He could use us to, to bring life and to breathe life into, into people that are discouraged. He could use us to, to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and see sinners repent and become a child of God. He could use us to send missionaries around this world. He could use us to, 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 to reach to the, to the poor and the needy and, and reach in and, and meet a physical need and at the same time meeting the, a need of the gospel. But we have to be willing to be used of God. And for some, you need to let your past get out of the way. So God can use you. 
For some, you've got to recognize this, that I've done some things that, that, that maybe I shouldn't have done. And yes, I feel guilty. And yes, I feel ashamed. And yes, 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 I shouldn't have done them. But you know what? If I sincerely ask for forgiveness, that God will forgive and God can still use you. We don't have to be a church of defeated people because of the things we've done. Because you have God's forgiveness. You have the blood of Jesus Christ. We are victorious and we can move on as an army of soldiers doing some great things for God. Are you willing to? Rahab believed God by faith. Rahab sought peace with God's people. And God not only saved her, but he used her in his redemptive plan. I want to leave you with this. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So if you're wondering today, if you're the only one that has ever done anything really, really bad, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible also tells us this, there is none righteous, no, not one. But I'm so thankful the Bible also says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, Rahab, the harlot, was Rahab, the great, great grandmother of King David, who was the great, 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 great grandfather of Joseph, the father of Jesus Christ. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.